Well, it's always good to be back here. For those that don't know, um, my name is Alan Wakabayashi. I am the Episcopal chaplain over at Princeton, and Daniel has had me come a few times now. I guess this is my third time, I think, uh, to fill in while he's away. Um, and it's always, it's a, I enjoy coming back. You're a wonderful parish con- community, so it's good to be back. Um, in our chaplaincy, our services are Sunday nights, so my Sunday mornings are free, so I get to to fill in at other places. Now, Polycarp, whoa. Okay, Polycarp. Um, Polycarp was a disciple of the Apostle John, and he had been, he's, he reported that he was, he was arrested because of his Christian faith. He's 86 years old, and the official that's interrogating him is feeling soft-hearted and compassionate for Polycarp in his frailty and his old age, and, and urges him, just say the words to recant your Christian faith. Otherwise, the official will have no choice but to burn Polycarp at the stake. Polycarp responds, Eighty and six years have I served Christ, nor has he ever done me any harm. How then could I blaspheme my king who saved me? And he looks up, I bless thee for deigning me worthy of this day and this hour that I may be among the martyrs and drink the cup of my Lord Jesus Christ. And the result is they did end up putting Polycarp to death. Under pressure, Polycarp's faith just shines bright. I mean, if Polycarp were a plastic bottle, when he got squeezed by persecution... What came out was just deep faith and love for Jesus Christ. I wonder, what would happen for us if we get squeezed by pressure? What comes out? You know, I have to admit, sometimes when I am getting squeezed by pressure, hardships, stress, whatever, what comes out is not always faith and love for Jesus I think of getting stuck in traffic when I'm late. It's a little embarrassing what comes out. (laughs) But what's interesting is that in our gospel passage, Jesus promises his disciples that when they endure hardship and persecution, Jesus himself will give them words of such wisdom that their opponents will not be able to withstand or contradict them. The passage says, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. It's like, don't prepare for this. You'll just know what to say because I'm going to tell you what to say. I'm going to preach this sermon tonight to students at Princeton, and it's like, wouldn't this be great for an oral exam? Don't worry. You don't need to prepare anything that you're going to say. On the spot, you'll know because I will tell you on the spot what you are to say. And that what you say will be so good that your examiners just won't know what to say. Now, when you read through the book of Acts, 
you hear early Christians, early Christians saying some pretty amazing things when they, when they endure persecution. Stephen gets dragged off out of the city to be stoned. And the text talks about how when he's filled with the Holy Ghost, he gazes up into heaven, sees the glory of God, and Jesus standing there at his right hand. And he says, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And the people wanting to stone him, they cover their ears with a loud shout. They rush against him. They proceed to stone Stephen. And as he's being stoned, he prays, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he died. Peter and John, after they have healed a man who was born lame from birth, they explain that this is coming in the name of Jesus Christ and the Jewish community, the Jewish authorities don't like that. So they haul him in before the Jewish court, the authorities. And as they stand, Peter and John stand before these Jewish authorities, Peter says this, Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. And after he's done speaking, the text in Acts tells us of what the Jewish authorities notice. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed. And then they recognized them as companions of Jesus. It's like Peter and John, obvious to everybody who looks at them, just normal, ordinary, ordinary guys. But there was something about them that marked them as companions of Jesus. Talk about getting squeezed. These people got squeezed by intense persecution, and what came out was courageous testimony to their faith in Jesus. Stephen even gets a vision of Jesus in the midst of his persecution. And so I read these kinds of stories and I wonder, what about me? What would I be like if I got dragged out of the city to be stoned? What would I be like if I got arrested for what I've said or done because of my faith in Jesus? What would I have said or done? And yet in our gospel text, Jesus is like, you know, when you go through all of this hard stuff, I mean, the passages are looking ahead at intense times of hardship and wars and persecution. And Jesus says, when you go through this stuff, no need to prepare speeches. No need to think ahead about what you're going to say. I'll actually be right there and I'll give you words to say. And what you'll say will be so full of wisdom that those around you won't know how to respond. Now, for us in our context, obviously, we don't have to anticipate intense persecution for our faith like what Jesus is talking about in the Gospel text or what happens in the book of Acts. 
But I wonder if there's still a corresponding reality for us. When we get squeezed by the pressures that we face, stress, tragedy, loss, disappointment, what will come out of us? Will it be a testimony to our faith? Words from Jesus? Or, or will that which comes out under pressure, will it be something else? Jesus here promises to his disciples that he'll give them the very words and the wisdom that they need. And we see this in action, I think, in stories like Polycarp and with Stephen and Peter and John. When you go, when you go through intense pressure, has Jesus given you the words and wisdom to respond? And if not, what do we make of what Jesus says in this gospel text? Is this just some historical account of what happened for them back then and there, but not for us here and now? Well, I think there is something here for us. And what's presumed in this is that Jesus is there with us, right? If he's going to teach us, give us the words and wisdom to say, the presumption is that he's there with us. And he assures us over and over again in the scriptures, I will be with you always to the end of the age. But I think what happens for many of us is that our spiritual antenna to discern his presence and to hear his words, our antennas are a little muffled and not doing such a great job sometimes. They're not performing very well for us to see, to hear, and to know his presence. I think one thing that marked those early disciples that, uh, that Jesus is talking to in our gospel text is that they spent a lot of time with Jesus. Peter and John, in their proclamation about Jesus before the Jewish authorities, what stands out about them is that they were companions of Jesus. You see, I think as we spend time with Jesus in prayer and Bible study, receiving the spiritual feeding of the Eucharist, deepening in community and spiritual friendship with others in the body of Christ, that when we do these kinds of things, our spiritual capacity to see, to hear, to know Jesus' presence with us, that capacity expands. It's like the Grinch, whose heart was just a little too small, and yet something happened that day in Whoville where his, his heart grew a few sizes. I think as we engage in getting to know Jesus, prayer, Bible study, Eucharist, the body of Christ, that our spiritual capacity to hear, to know, to, to know Jesus' presence, it expands. I've got three mini-stories for you, if, if you will. Story number one, it's about my life when I was going through a very dark and painful season. And I was actually considering whether I should just quit being a Christian. It was so hard. Like, it's not, I was like, is this worth it? And I remember sitting in my car, waiting to turn left on this busy road. And the words from John, a passage in John 6 came into my brain. 
See, John 6, it's the story where Jesus starts saying some very hard things. And because of these hard things, the crowds actually just start leaving. They can't deal with it. So they leave. And then Jesus looks at his disciples and says, are you going to leave me too? To which Peter responds, where else can we go to receive the words of life? And that's the phrase that kicked into my brain. Where else can I go to receive the words of life? And I knew right then and there that I couldn't give up. For truly, deep down in my heart, I knew there is no other place where I can find the words of life. But here's why I shared this story I had spent time studying the Gospel of John on my own. And it was as if, because I had studied the Gospel of John, Jesus now had a tool to speak to me in the midst of my pressure and my darkness. By reading my Bible, I had expanded my capacity to hear from Jesus. Story two. Again, this is during that same very dark period in my life. This time it was my mentor and friend, Dave. He was my senior pastor at the time, and he wanted to walk with me through this very dark season. He knew what was going on. And so he initiated that we meet every week just to read some scripture together and to pray. And I remember one time in particular, it was we read a passage that I think I had read a, like a million times before. It was like something I knew. All, I read it so many times. But somehow, in meeting with my friend Dave and the questions that he asked and his very presence with me evoked something that it's as if Jesus threw a brick at my forehead and just... Words of assurance and hope came crashing into my soul. And I was literally reeling in Dave's office that day, crying at what I was hearing from Jesus. This time it was not just the scriptures that Jesus used. It was a brother in Christ. Through Dave's kind presence, leading me in prayer and scripture reading, Jesus got through to me in a powerful way in the midst of my pain, my hardship, and pressure. Story three. This happened to a friend of mine. She was enduring her own season of great pressure, pain, and darkness. Now, she, wasn't, she was not an Episcopalian at that time, but a friend of hers encouraged her to go check out a Eucharist service. And so she went and started going to a nearby Episcopal church near her home. And then she started going over and over and over again because of the Eucharist. As she opened herself up to the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, in a way that she had never experienced before, Jesus met her in the depths of her being. A deep sense of his presence. She she heard words of assurance and hope and love. And she would often leave the Eucharist service in tears because of the overwhelming sense of gratitude and hope that she was receiving. The Eucharist. Spiritual sustenance and feeding where we meet Jesus. 
See, Jesus promises to be with us. We should know that He's with us always. And here in our text, Jesus promises to speak words of truth and wisdom into our lives when facing intense pressure. This is not something we can conjure up or manufacture on our own. But Jesus is there. He's here. And Jesus is there to speak words of truth and wisdom into your life, into my life, so that what comes out of our life in times of pressure is that is a testimony to our love and faith in Jesus. But see, I think we need to spend time with Jesus in prayer and Bible study, with others in loving community, receiving the Eucharist, in order that we expand our capacity to know and to hear Jesus. Spending time with Jesus expands our capacity to know and hear from Jesus amidst the intense pressures of life. Let me say that again. Spending time with Jesus expands our capacity to know and hear from Jesus amidst the intense pressures of life. So may we all take steps forward to spend time with Jesus, to meet him in prayer, in the scriptures, in brothers and sisters in Christ, and at his table at the Eucharist, and thereby expand our capacity to hear and to know him. And when hardships and pressures hit, may we then be able to hear Jesus speak words of truth and life and wisdom to help us to endure. Amen.